0: Hello and welcome to the DanceCast, where I explore dance as an art form, traveling to non-traditional places and with non-traditional doers. I'm your host and my name is Silva Lakkonen. Welcome to DanceCast episode 39. In this episode, I continued talking with people who practice danceability, method, and I got to talk to Sally Davison. She is based in Finland from UK, and she is a dance artist and choreographer whose work deeply attends existential qualities of the moving body and life more broadly, focusing in particular on aspects of inclusion, accessibility, and equality. Davison is artistic director of the integrated dance company Kaos and chairperson of DanceAbility Finland. In choreographic work, Davison's intention is to support embodiment of ideas and principles honoring individual and collective movement expression. Davison teaches movement improvisation in a variety of settings nationally and internationally. Davison's work is deeply influenced by non-stylized environmental movement somatic practices, and her work with all bodies. She is an interesting person, and we had a wonderful conversation. I hope you enjoy listening it. Here is Sally. Good morning.
1: Hi. Or afternoon, I guess, for you. Yes, it's one of those, um, it's starting to get warm. Oh, nice. And then it's, it's one of those kind of sunny, very bright
0: I hated spring. I was one of those people who got depressed in spring.
1: Actually, I find it really. uh, G noticed something the other day. She reckons that actually, because I was having a meltdown about something the other day, and then she just sent a message back saying, Do you think you're one of these people who gets depressed? Because I just noticed every springtime you seem to somehow. And it was funny because I was in England and I came back and it was kind of like this bright and it felt so hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I have one friend who like really, she can't stand it. And and I realized it kind of, it can really affect your nervous system. Yeah, yeah. I really,
0: I, I had like a visceral, like a reaction. Like I hated the sunlight. I hated everything about it. I hate it. This yes. I hate it spring. It was the worst, yes. worst time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I went to a performance last night that was, um, it was in the, in the dark. It was about darkness. And um, it was in this um, forest area near Warsari. Oh. And um, it was part of some people from TIAC's final work. Like there was five people in the working group and, one of the people is a, one of the people was a dramaturge and the other one was a um, like a lighting person. And they basically they, um, they also had a couple of dancers involved and it was really like super interesting because um, uh, it was very participatory and they took us to different spots and we, we observed the light and the moon was really strong last night. Oh, wow. I've been interested in the dark for a long time because I move a lot outside here at night in the darkness so I'm like totally comfortable with it. Oh um, but mm-hmm. I noticed there was one kind of older lady, and once it got right like, really dark, she you know she got very you could see in the way that she was walking. Um, I mean mainly it was on very flat kind of paths, but sometimes we were kind of also going on smaller paths and, and she was her whole body language was unassured because it was so unfamiliar for her. Um, Yeah, so it's really, I just find it really relieving to be in the dark. Like, I'm not afraid of it at all.
0: But some people uh, are really
1: afraid about it. Yeah,
0: yeah, I grew up in the middle of the forest. Yeah. So I I needed to have my cousin who was two years younger, because we live like 100 meters apart in the same forest. But she would always need to like walk me halfway, and then I would need her to call and respond to me the whole way back home. When I was uh-huh. a child, I was really afraid of dark.
1: Yes. Well, it's funny because like last night, we, when we were watching the moonlight um, in this quite part of the dark forest, and um, we were we were there for about fifteen minutes, and a couple of the people, uh, the performers, started to kind of go in there and move around. And one, uh, that was after we'd observed it for a while, just with nothing happening. And it's that kind of, like, I just feel like when I start looking at something and that kind of darkness, things start to morph. Oh, yeah. And then they're not moving, but they're kind of shapes becoming undefined. and, and, um, And then when there were people kind of moving in there, they became... And some people, you know, went, oh, this is really scary. But I was, like, kind of really enlivened by it. <laughs> so, so it, yeah, it has different reactions for us, yeah. And then you wonder
0: why you're not feeling okay mm-hmm. when the light comes. If you, <laughs> <laughs> I see a pattern here. <laughs> Well, Sally, I'm actually really, really excited to learn more about you. Uh, I didn't do any research on you at all because I want to hear yeah. it all from you. And yes. um, so I often start by asking, how did you start dancing? What was it? Or, you know, Adam Benjamin told me, you shouldn't ask when I started. You should ask when I stopped. Uh, <laughs> 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 but uh, you, get, you get to choose. You can answer either or question.
1: Yeah, well, I guess I, well, like it, it makes me jump straight to my first memory of dancing, which was um, my mum was doing ironing and playing Beatles. And, and I was dancing around while she was doing that. And um, my grandma said she's going to be a dancer that one. Oh, wow. So that was kind of my first kind of concrete, Um, and then, you know, I went to the stereotypical kind of ballet classes, but I didn't, I'm not, um, I can't follow instruction. I'm not a recipe follower. (laughs) So, so the, the highlights for me was when we could improvise, um, like the rest of it, the rest of the kind of form of ballet didn't kind of suit my body, but I just loved the bit when we got to do whatever we wanted to do. And um so yeah, that was kind of the beginning for me. Then yeah, it, it kind of went on from there. Um in very kind of diverse ways. Uh and I think the you know when I then I rediscovered dancing in when I was like fourteen, um dancing with my uh neighbor. <laughs> And we were, um, or maybe it was even younger than fourteen. And then I, um, then I met a friend who also liked dancing, and we used to sort of make these dances up. And then we would go to the rugby club disco that happened once a month, and we would do our routines, <laughs> <laughs> completely not asked. <laughs> and we would always have some weird outfits. So it was, and it was, you know, I grew up in a small country town, so we kind of, you know, it you wasn't... stood out. Wasn't yeah. Oh,
0: that is so amazing. I can see that now. <laughs> I think you should recreate this dance at the rugby hall. Yeah, yeah,
1: that would be actually quite interesting, because it, yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> It's quite interesting. <laughs> I love
0: that idea. <laughs> is the rugby hall still
1: there? Yeah. Um, it must be, I would think. It was part of a school, you know, like it was in a, in a secondary school, um, and that school's still there, so I would think. And, you know, it's still a pastime in in England, so I would think. I mean, there's much more activity there than there used to be. I mean, you talk, this is in the 70s. You know, so there was absolutely nothing to do um, and nowhere to go except this rugby club disco once a month. <laughs> 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 and then I think I started, then the nearest city was Newcastle. And then my friend and I um, would kind of, uh, we'd have like, a, I think it was some, something that like we had about one pound fifty, And uh, we would have 50p for the, for the child fair, bus fair into Newcastle. So we would get dressed and made up on the bus. (laughs) And then we would, we had one kind of token free thing that we went to this one club called Scamps and, um, and we would, uh, we would get in there and we'd, we'd have enough money for a coke or something like that. And it was when it was like, there was all these Bowie lookalikes and there was lots of you know, this is, again, you know, 70s, and people, like, dancing, like, waving trees. And <laughs> it was, like... It was, all... it was also a disco going on, but there was also this kind of alternative kind of art scene where people were... Yeah, it was... So I was, <laughs> And we used to get... The mail train home, which also cost 50p. And if you go, fell asleep, you would end up in Edinburgh. Oh, my that, gosh. That stopped at Morford and then it went all the way to Edinburgh if you didn't get off. <laughs> Time. And then there was also roller discos as well. Like, I really oh, got yeah, into that yeah. for a while yeah. as well. Mm.
0: Oh, <laughs> Did you go to college to dance, start, study dance?
1: Yes, I went to, um, I went to Laban oh, yeah. um, in London, um, from, uh, 82 to 85. Um, and I did the dance theater program there. And then, um, and then I was sort of freelancing for a while and I had a friend who, I met a friend who was, um, Australian and she invited me to Australia um so I went there 1986 and um and then I kind of got into yoga a bit and you know I, I almost did completed the Ayanga training but not quite and um this was in the days before there was any set trainings it was like you studied with a teacher and that was the way you kind of established yourself through that through mentorship with one teacher Um, And then I kind of did lots of other things for a long time, and then um, I was about to turn 40, and I just felt like um, there was something unlived, like uh, something unfinished with the dancing and um so i did this kind of little um ritual for myself um just sort of speaking some things out and then there was a kind of chain of events that happened that i just couldn't ignore it was really incredible like two days after i did that i was in the health food store and there was a woman who'd been at lab and also um but she would she'd been a lot more recently than i had but she she knew we had that shared background and she asked me if i was dancing or doing anything and it was, I said "Oh, it's funny I, I feel like I have something to do with it you know to finish something off with dance and, um, and she said oh you need to speak to this person and she wrote down this the name of this woman and a phone number I put it in my pocket and I didn't do anything about it anyway a week later my car broke down and um, it, while it was getting fixed I had no car for two weeks so I was hitchhiking And um, I was standing at the side of the road and this woman um, started to pull over and I just knew it was the woman whose phone number I had. And um, (laughs) so, um, and she was a dancer and... um, (laughs) Oh my God, I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah, it was really synchronistic. And so we started to the... So then I kind of started dancing again, and I got involved doing some things with her and some other people and in Australia, and then I met a Finnish man and came to Finland.
0: Oh, that's you, how you ended up in Finland?
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. I yeah. see. And when did you come to Finland?
1: 2003.
0: Okay. And you got almost immediately involved with Chaos then?
1: Well, no. What happened was... Um, I, when I came I was sort of um just doing a lot of my own research like movements research and um, you know it's quite hard when you go somewhere new I'm sure you know that as well it's like it takes a while to kind of get to know people and establish yourself self um, and then I went uh, so there was quite a time of doing that and then um, just kind of working with my own things and I'd I'd had a calling to do the, um, the, the Dance Ability teacher training for a while. I, I even knew about it because I'd done some integrated dance with a friend of mine, had done quite a lot of it in Australia, and oh. I'd been to some classes. And So I'd already kind of um, really felt at home in that environment. Um, but I eventually got to do it in 2007 in Vienna, and oh, okay. that's when I met. And then that's when I met Granilla, and um, you know she was starting Danceability Finland, and then that's we connected because she came to that. She'd done the training the year before, but she turned up to that one as well. And um, and then that's how we we started everything.
0: That's oh, I see. Okay, so that that was my next question. How did you get involved with Danceability? But you. So you had already known about it before, and then you ended up there and met Gunilla actually in Vienna. Wow. Yes. And then um, when did Danceability Finland get officially started?
1: 2008.
0: Okay, okay. Wow, and yeah. now you guys have been working together creating choreographies, and now you have also got, gotten the master training, right?
1: I'm doing a, yes, a master in the dance yes. Yeah. Yes, Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, and I just did a training, actually, about, um, well, it was in um, uh, March. Or was it February? But anyway, I just recently did one. And um, I find that every time I do it, it just deepens my understanding of the work and what it's about. And I feel like it's, it, it's, a, it's continually evolving in me. As a as a as a process, but also my understanding of it is also continually evolving as well. Because of course I'm not a fixed entity either; I'm also changing. And so, and it's and I think it's just amazing work. Yeah, yeah. What do you think are like,
0: the strengths of the dan-
1: of dance ability method? Um. Well, I think that the conscious. I think for me the primary thing is the conscious. Um, the consciousness of making inclusion possible through the methodology, because it's one thing to say, um, like I think in the contact community, they say, um, you know, what we're doing is inclusive. Um, But then there's still people who can go to contact jams and feel isolated. So for me, that's the difference that, if I go to, if I'm in a danceability class, if I realise kind of an ageist thing about myself, it's me realising it
0: mm-hmm.
1: rather than the environment telling me it. Yeah. And for me, that's the that's the real difference and the beauty of it. And I taught, um, I haven't taught all spring because I'm studying part-time in England and I haven't been around a lot. And... um I don't know. I, it was so touching after teaching. Just what, like, at the end of the class, just the atmosphere and and the um, the beauty of just giving space to listen to one another, and that that becomes the teaching information. That I, and I it needs and I need to transform or not transform, but move beyond my own patterns to really listen to someone who has a different kind of vocabulary a different timing and for me that's the beauty of it it's like and that's what's collectively created is this space for that and that is so unusual yeah and i think it's kind of it's hierarchy free it feels hierarchy free like if people realize any kind of hierarchy it's them realizing it as part of their world rather than it being informed by the environment. And I think the space is a, like I know Alito says it all the time, but I really have come to understand it myself. It was quite abstract in the beginning, but the space really does hold the information. Oh, and yeah. there is, an, yeah. you know, like an intelligence to it. Yes. Um, and, that, and that comes from each body that's present. It's not located in it. I mean, even if there might be somebody um, facilitating it or it's still shaped by everybody there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think one of the um, freedom is also that the movement is so participant led, that that's where the knowledge. And if you pay attention and look around, there is so much knowledge.
1: Yes. In every
0: single body in the room
1: yes yes and it's like the what's really interesting is that i think that because we're all organisms and how we develop um our our kind of organ how we develop is you know informs um the information so if if i have um some place like for me i'm i my eyesight's not very good but i've got really strong hearing so i feel like there's you know, the, the organism always orientates towards its own homeostasis, but that's outside of any kind of ideals ideas of normalcy. Yeah. So that when we give space for that, you know, we, we get new information. Yeah. Of how you know that that influences how we move and, and how we experience our humanness. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: What do you think are the drawbacks of the method, if there are any? What What do you think, or what would you like to improve? Like, what is the part for you that you're like, this is something mm, I, I'm going to tweak about, or is there is there one?
1: Well, I think one thing I get a little bit, I guess, um, it has been a point of frustration for me, is the fact that people still think it's about disability. Oh, yeah. And I think... That um, And I've, I've kind of pondered on this a lot, like why is it that it still gets so located around that? And then also that it, it, there's that kind of a perceived... Um, I, I think that's my, just my basic frustration, like what can we do to open up the kind of general understanding of it? Because we still don't, it's like, I, I feel like people still have a, it can't, you know, um, put us in a kind of little pocket of oh that's for, without understanding what's really going on and how can we, um, like, get people curious
0: uh-huh.
1: and... Um, so for, yeah, that's the point for me that that I still that it's kind of like a membrane that I keep coming up against, like, um. And, and that's why I stay engaged with it. Like I, you know, I, I've been working with it now for like uh, well, twelve years, and and I and I feel like the reason I, I, I it keeps me activated, and I I, I keep, um just loving, loving it is, is because it just, it keeps expanding um, my own perceptions. And, and that's what, and I don't get why other people don't get that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it's a wonderful like, study of dance improvisation.
1: It is and movement, yeah. like, you know, it's like original movement that, you know, that, um, and, and an authenticity yeah like i think you know that it's just, you know our bodies contain all our histories are you know our societal histories and also our kind of genetic histories and things like that and you know sometimes those things that beyond our level of consciousness mm-hmm. you know that we don't realize how much you know we are formed from from these kind of things and and, um, you know, when you have a room full of people whose social conditioning is very different, it uh, re- immediately reconfigures those kind of, you know, the, the social perceptions yeah. of ways to behave. Mm-hmm. And, and the, you know, the, and to this pre-verbal, um, pre-verbal world where the movement, is the relationship and and we've all experienced that like we've all gone through the same process to be here and it's at some at some point some people's process might have um been interrupted biologically um in the womb or you know and i think this has happens to all of us in different ways and sometimes those ruptures manifest in a physical difference or, a, you know, um, an intellectual difference. Um, but then somehow the way that, yeah, there's only I guess each each of us only has a certain amount of energy, and, and we reconfigure to survive the best and the safest way that we can. And some of those reconfigurations can be really interesting to move with. Of my own configurations, but then my own configurations in relationship to someone else's. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that, I just, when I was listening to you, I was, like, thinking this, how even action-response, like, I've never experienced the same kind of action and response dance to it with anybody. Yeah, it's, it's not, the actual moment and the experience is not replicated rep, rep, Replicable, is that a word? Yes. Yes. Replicable. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, it, it would
1: be, be... <laughs>
0: <laughs> it just <became> one. <laughs> uh, but it's how in, how interesting it would be to do just the action and response with different ages and genders and cultures, and I might just do that. <laughs> yeah. Stop random yeah. people on the street to ask them to do action and response with you
1: Yes, yes and I think that the key is that you know the language of the body is the oldest language mm-hmm. and and basically we've just forgotten that, and you know at first some, sometimes a lot of people can feel really awkward, yeah you know. We we have one outreach program where we we've worked with a lot of people who don't have any kind of movement background, and there can be quite a lot of um, resistance in the beginning to what what you're asking us. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, but then this kind of it's almost like there's a memory because uh, everything. Everything still exists in us, like our whole emb- embryonic development. And even though it's not visible anymore, all of that still exists. And so, there's, I, I, I have an idea, it could be completely wrong, that if you get people moving, slowly their sort of self consciousness starts to melt. And they start to, on a bodily level, remember the fun of being a child and just using the body to express. With another person or with a group of people. And it's really interesting. I've timed it, well, not consciously timed it, but it takes about 15 minutes for some people to go through that process. And, we, and there's only been, in, in all of the peop, people that we've worked with, there was only ever one guy who stuck with the resistance like the whole way through. And it's like, I am not, <laughs> I'm not doing this. It's weird. It's strange. And so I think. I think it's like, yeah. I, I I think it's 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 a really radical thing to just even get people to remember their body, you know, the the movement of their bodies, and that any movement can be an expression.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the idea of I I talk about this often with my guests, but I think the idea of dancer and dancing has such a like a preconceived idea, and it's yeah. this virtuosic. Uh, you know white females thin strong body image that if you don't fit Mm -hmm. in it that is not for you yes and that's a work of itself yes it is and then you have the cultural work to do with the very stoic Finnish people (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I I I think it's a win that you only have had one person who absolutely refused to do anything
1: Yes, because I think, I think it's also part of our social kind of network thing that if some people, if the majority of the people in the room start to enjoy something, yes, that also transfers to the space. So it actually becomes very hard to keep your resistance if people are starting to, and that's what happens. It's like a spatial thing. It's um, that some people have the courage it's about courage i think for, like some people have the courage to just kind of throw themselves into it and one by one people kind of allow themselves it's about allowing yeah i think myself to 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 join in with what's happening mm-hmm. absolutely
0: allowing yourself to enjoy yes. yeah
1: yes and so, just to give it a go yeah yes. and just
0: to do it just to do it yeah do it. yeah so you mentioned you're doing some training back in UK again. What is that?
1: Training? I'm doing, I'm just completing an MA in um, dance and somatic well-being. At Laban? Uh, no, this is at, um, it's at the University of Central Lancashire. Okay. And, um, and I've been, um, I'm just about to finish this summer. Yeah, I've got to write my final research.
0: Wow, what is your final research going to be about
1: okay well it, it, <laughs> it, it's, it's, um, yes it's quite a loaded thing well, it came out of my body um mm-hmm. I you know thought it would be something related to the environment because that's very dear to me and um, but actually it it's uh I'm Revisiting, so when when my mother was pregnant with me, she had a condition called um, preeclampsia, which causes high blood pressure and you know sometimes bed rest and all of this kind of thing. And it, it, it's, um, you know, there's some kind of um, transitory um, thing between the egg and the sperm, and in the right in the beginning um, that it's not an incompatibility but it's a biological kind of not you know because the the mother's body reacts yeah um and I just uh I I had this experience um of being in the womb through a moving just exploration I just kind of ended up in this space and I just felt uh, intuitively that um, something happened, got interrupted, shall we say, um, and it created and uh, informed my whole perception about relationship. So not a small thing. Not a small thing. Um, um, and actually when I, I, I feel like the psychological profile or that I orientated to from that experience was, um, has just, yeah, just been repeating my whole life, Uh and um, so my research is basically revisiting embryological processes through just being, uh, you know, asking, like basically questioning my body, and then moving and drawing and writing in response to that to collect data, Um, and I'm, you know, nothing might come up, I'm not, I'm not, asking it for an agenda or for it to be different, but I've stopped for a solution. No, no, just, it's really open. It's a, yeah, an investigation Mm -hmm. into, into the, my own, you know, body schema about what, um, does it want to, because it all happened pretty verbal. Mm. So, um, So intuition, following intuition is a big part of it, and I actually feel like um, I'm starting to read a lot, and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of evidence that that that, uh, this happens for a lot of people. That while um, because the, the, the mother's body is the first relationship, it's the first relational field. And for whatever reason, whether it's biological or whether it's just, it's an emotional, um, on you know, incongruence, but I don't want to make it such a big thing. Then this can this because the from the moment of conception, there's a living entity. Yeah, it's not, you know yeah. we we so so it's 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 being informed and informing the environment that it's in. It's a two way thing. And, um, and I'm just really curious because some people who have kind of trauma patterns that keep repeating, um, you know, if it happens in this pre-verbal way, there's no context for it, like no context for what, where that patterns come from. Yeah. And it can yeah, be very, yeah. con- and very confusing because there's nothing, it's, it's sort of, um, and there's people who are doing wonderful work with, um, you know, working with babies where there's been kind of some interruption, and um, like, uh, and kind of providing the space for for that pattern that, or that slight rupture or, or big rupture, whatever, that or that incongruence to kind of just be expressed mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. even at the kind of you know, real baby stage. Um, And yeah, because it happens in the nervous system.
0: Yeah, and I wonder how much, because I'm thinking my kids and I think in my pregnancies, and then I think the births of them. And like my son's birth was just 18 hours, like crucial, like never really spike in pain, but you know, this like a crucial long thing. And he is an observer. Warming up to any situation takes very long time for him. Like I feel like that birth is almost a manifestation of his personality. Yes,
1: yes. And then yes. my
0: daughter, my middle daughter, kicked herself out basically. She kicked yes. inside of me, and she she runs to anything like that with happily yeah. with like energy. And then yeah. my third birth was so painful; she was stuck. And I have to say, her toddlerhood has been the most painful <laughs> to yeah. me. It's just like yeah. a... I just was like, oh, my God. The birth is such a manifestation of the pe- people who they are, at least right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, I think it's quite a poignant topic because, you know, I was also, because of my mom's condition, I was induced. Oh, yes. And, um, and um you know, so I, I sort of, my, I couldn't, you know, there wasn't a possibility to follow on timing. Yes. And that's informed my life a lot. And, and this is happening so much now. A lot of um, women are being induced. And um, I just think it's really an interesting point for research about, you know, what could be the implications of that.
0: Yes, I think tra- uh, birth is a traumatic experience. Yeah, yeah oh, that's super interesting
1: yeah and the, these patterns you know the um like I was just reading now there's um a, you know some uh one some a lot of research being done about it but one one guy was researching um you know and this was in the 50s but uh boys who were um somehow had difficult relationships and we, they'd all had difficult relationships with their mother for whatever reason. And, they, you know, that had, um, it manifest in certain, he was able to map certain kind of behavioural mannerisms that came from that situation. There was commonalities to those boys, even though they were all different, um, because they, they, they had a, a ruptured connection to their mother for, for whatever reason. And um, so... I think, it, like, if you look at the, um, I, I think it, it's just re- really about reconnecting, you know, reconnecting with those parts of us that still exist. Yeah, yeah. Those processes that still exist, and I just feel like if we, if we were more connected to that within ourselves, because it's quite miraculous, really, the whole, you know, like how we become, and, and. The, the whole our body is interconnected with everything
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we wouldn't be in such a mess environmentally if we really understood that i mean so for me it's these things are also um like something things that I feel passionate about because I feel like something has to things have to you know be or not have to but um the more that we understand our connection the more responsible we can be for our actions. But but when people are well, like, well, I can speak for myself rather than speak for anybody else. You know, if I'm stuck in my trauma pattern and my nervous system is activated, I just can't do anything else except do the same thing that I've always done until I get to a point where, and, and all, I'm, I'm very resourced, so often I can, you know, find a way to resource myself but if it's if it's really being activated then it, you know I'm all my resources kind of go because I'm I, I become completely helpless yeah um, and I just think that the implications of uh of just even being aware of that already are really different from for me like it just even knowing or or sensing that um it's not that I have to even change anything, it, it, but just being aware of it and it being more conscious gives me more possibilities and, to, and informed choices that I can make rather than just kind of getting stuck in in that pattern.
0: Absolutely. And I have to say, you know, I teach mostly non-dancers, non-professionals, non-professionals um, and I have never left my class feeling like oh my god nobody got anything like every single time when people go to their bodies and have an experience with their body it has been a positive one
1: yes yeah, yeah. yeah. and I
0: do like there there is something about that connection and understanding and there's a lot of blame mm-hmm. if you can not explain it then it, you blame yourself for the choice yes. you keep on making and yes, just being exactly. lifted that kind of Wait on from you. Give space for exploring what it is. Then what? How? How did you know? How did this come up? Yes, that sounds so
1: Like space for something new. Yeah, and I think yeah. a lot of it's yeah because patterns kind of, in a way. Um, I mean, you know, patterns exist, and in, in a way, there's also nothing wrong with patterns. I mean, patterns exist in nature; it's you know, the repetition and, and the movement of things. It's a natural phenomenon. But I think, as humans, we kind of what happens with the with those patterns is they become fixed, and rather than keeping us kind of open and flowing, they shut us down if we're not conscious about it. So, so it's 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 just about creating more choices and possibilities and I think I don't know if it's Bonnie Bainbridge-Cohen who says that all and probably not in that same way but um it just makes sense that you know the more that I can open up and I think that's why I move yeah so it's like my body is it is what I am (laughs) and and that when I move um I kind of access this, um, the intangibles, which are also part of who I am. And, you know, the the things that aren't visible. And and then I kind of make more sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, Deborah Hay says, there is no repetition. And I loved it like she's like you're it's impossible to repeat because time goes on you're never in the same time and that to me was just like lovely I thought how lovely is that yeah to know you're not actually able to repeat anything yes
1: yes because I mean that is a truth yeah because you're always always different and it's what it's going back to what you said about the action response like it's never the same yeah even if you know with every person even though I'm the same thing it's it's always different because everybody's it's like everybody's body world is different and my body world becomes different in relationship to this other body world and then I think there's a third thing like i was sort of i'm pondering about this and this is also spoken about quite a lot in um like biodynamic craniosacral therapy but the kind of this third presence like this me this 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 body world and then another body world and then the space between becomes something and then there's a kind of container of the whole space um which I, which we were talking about earlier as well, which is I think in a in a class context that becomes that the space becomes living yeah. or the space is yeah. living, uh, it's always living, and and it's it's yeah it's a field of interaction on its own without any um, it's not empty,
0: it's not it's not empty at all and the other that living space actually the space becomes a kind of contain not to the walls and ceilings but around the people and this is the experience when I have worked at the prison system is that you actually you're able to take a break from the walls and the ceilings and the space becomes the group of people yeah, it, it is very often the feedback, especially with the women, is like I, I was I got a break from my environment, mm-hmm. and how how wonderful is that?
1: Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because the especially in that situation, like it's just wonderful that people can have uh, a sense of expanding beyond that, yes. or or just. Having an experience that, because I I feel like that happens to me a lot with space. When I'm moving, I have a very small. You know, if I can't go to a studio, I move at home. I have a very small space to move in. And sometimes when I'm moving, I feel like all of a sudden the space becomes huge. You know, it's like not defined by my little, (laughs) my little space anymore. It's I'm really in a kind of vast, endless spaciousness, and that's a gift. Thank yeah. you.